What is going on, guys? We got School of Hard Knocks, episode 36. Coach Rod. Coach Max. Hope everyone's doing well, as always, guys. We've had a, we've had a pretty eventful week. Workouts in the gym have been awesome, man. Uh, we, we actually started off the week, dude, with, uh, and I wanted to throw a little bit of uh, some higher volume stuff, dude, as far as like posterior chain stuff goes. So we started off with some deadlifts, dude. Start out with some reverse lunges, dude, in place. Lunges, you already know, dude. Those are usually going to light the glutes up for the week and stuff. And uh, everyone's been like, I think because it's like Charles, uh, Charles Day's weekend, Sombrero Fest, dude. Everyone's been on like this little like groovy high throughout the week, you know, <laughs> because they know they're, because they know the weekend's going to bring some fun, you know what I mean? They're already coming in with the sombrero hats. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> All the charro uniforms and stuff, dude. But, uh, yeah, like, dude, I love this part of the year, dude. You know, I mean, it's kind of, uh, it, it's a browser thing, dude. You know, I mean, it's a cultural it thing. Uh, and I love this time of the year, dude. Sombrero Fest, whether we go or not, dude, it's kind of just like the vibe around. The kids are super excited because they got short days at school and then they're off throughout the weekend and stuff. Yeah, yeah, and yeah that's true. Yeah, man, it's Longer just a good, yeah, it's a good, good little time, dude. Um, you, you hit out Sombrero Fest, dude? Um... Probably not, man. Yeah. Probably not. I love the vibes that it carries, but I'll probably be hanging out with my pops or something. Chilling. Yeah. Because if I go out there, man, um, I think we got the meeting the next day. Yeah. So oh, I yeah. don't want to be all like, yeah, <laughs> you know, so sure, I want to be cool, I want to be cool, man. But I want everyone out there to be safe, have fun, man. Eat the Speedo Papas. <laughs> <laughs> Eat the fucking tacos, man. Eat Drink the, the funnel cake, man. You'll be fine. Do it all, man. Save me a piece, man. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely, bro. Yeah, man. It's always a good time out there, dude. But quality time with those, uh, with Pops, man, is going to be good, bro, instead. So, for sure. Um, so, you, so, so we just got done with the 8.45 a.m. class that you threw it down. Yes. How was the workout, man? Bro, it was great. I think the stimulus was hit. Um, legs were jello. Yeah. Lungs felt good. I think the toughest part about the wad was the box step up. Definitely. Well, I went unbroken. So, like, like if you're going to try a team, find an awesome position for you to rack that dumbbell. And just go, man. Just go. Ten on one it. leg, step up, and then ten on the other. That's what I was doing, and just yeah. taking small little breaks at the top, um, sled dragging, try to finish it all the way. Uh, the run, I put the ball on the right side shoulder, ran the hundred, and then switched it over to the left. And then when it came to the carry at the side, instead of walking, bro, I kind of, I just, I do a little jog, bro. Like yeah. Farmers carry. I always do a little dip in the knees, set my shoulders. And I have like a slight lean forward and, and I kind of, I, I kind of do a little jog yeah. because I think it's more brutal when you just like walk slow. Yeah, exactly. And you're you just do. like waiting to get to the fucking cone. No, no, yeah. no. Jog it, lean forward. The bells will take you or that dumbbell will kind of take you forward with that momentum. So I kind of use that. I got like five rounds. That's awesome, bro. It's really good, man. Yeah, I recommended great. way too. Yeah. That's it. And I think the, uh, and you were dragging the five plate sled i think the whole time dude so that's five yeah. rounds with that weight bro dude yes it was great talking about moving <laughs> weight over over like distance and time that's oh, a man. lot of fucking work dude that was completed today so it was man yeah. and i think it was a good tone down because uh we had been doing barbells and, and other things yeah, so, I do a lot of bars so too, bro. that kind of dip down in uh volume and load was mm -hmm. was really good so now, what do you brought something up that was pretty interesting and kind of just brought brought something in my head was uh you were 
talking about how you do a little run on the farmer carry, right? And how sometimes if you're, and I mean, you still keep posture and check and stuff like that, certain positions you want to be in, but instead of doing a walk, you do a little jogging step, right? Mm-hmm. And, and those are little things, bro, like, is it, people would probably think, oh, well, r- running with the weight is going to be harder, but if you're carrying a load at a decent pace walk for a longer duration, what's harder at that point? You know, because the run is obviously going to be faster. There might be a little bit more intensity applied because you are jogging, jogging with the bell. Mm-hmm. But which one's hard, harder at that point? Which is going to cause more fatigue over time? And like doing the step ups, right? Yeah. Like, like let's just say you're, so we had 20 reps, say 10, 10 on each leg. You got to alternate the steps. You got one bell, so you hold it to the side. You could throw in your trap if you want. You can hold it behind you if you want to. It's up to you in a goblet hold, mm-hmm. you know. So, but what I see a lot of athletes do, man, is they'll break at 10, but they're holding on to the weight as they're standing there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Put it down. Put it down real quick. Yeah. You know what I mean? Set that weight down, hike it back up, and let's go again. You know what I mean? But having to sit there with the weight, dude, like that's, like that's the cool thing about any type of weight carry, dude, is that, yeah, like it's not like a run. Like you go for a sprint, your heart rate's to the roof and stuff like that, but you're still stressing the body in an isometric way yeah. because you're having to hold the weight there's a muscle pump going on and stuff so you're using more muscles of anything yeah like a lot of stabilizer internal muscles that's why you get so tired because you're using more musculature yeah but man. i think a lot of that too man it just uh like you said like comes with uh just experience and working out and just like learning stuff like we've competed a lot yeah. over the past years bro so i think a lot of like the little strategies and techniques that you develop come from training for competition exactly right. so like it's cool like I, I i looked at the watt today and i just i already knew what i was gonna do i'm like okay well I'm, i got the run i'm gonna hold it on my right side and i'm gonna switch it over to my left uh when i come back i'm gonna hold uh the dumbbell on the right i'm gonna jog and then as soon as i'm turning around and going around the cone like i'm fucking swapping it on my other hand momentum yeah like a momentum point, yeah. thing yeah swapping it on my other hand and then i'm going and then i'm going 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 and then as I'm finishing the walk, I'm already transitioning the fucking dumbbell on my shoulder, taking a couple steps, catching my breath, and then putting it behind my neck, starting the step ups. Yeah. Boom, boom, boom. Pop it off. Catch my breath to the freaking sled. And then I just drag it across. Boom. Breathing through the nose. Yeah. Breathing through the nose team on the, on the sled. You got to breathe through the nose. Can try to control your breathing there. That nose, that nasal breathing is really going to help um, the heart rate. Absolutely. Because as yeah. soon as you let go of the sled, oh jack. my God, noodle legs are going to show up. And then you got, guess what? You got to go back to the run. Yeah. So it's like that transition from sled to run was, was pretty difficult. Yeah. Like, <laughs> a little rough, dude. Yeah. And the sleds always, bro, like I feel like, especially with sled drags, like it burns as you go, but it's the 10 seconds after the sled after. is when you really hit that peak. The heart rate spikes to the roof, dude. Like, Get that huff and puff. and <laughs> Yeah, man. Good. But good one today, man. Just like I said, a little change of pace. And I usually try to throw, or we try to throw these in like once a week, dude. You know what I mean? It's not your traditional barbell met, metcon or whatever it is, but they're fun workouts, dude. You know what I mean? Yeah. And dude. it's good to kind of throw those that. like functioning, uh, related things to like life like having to carry bags and pull things and push things step up and stuff like that like uh, i mean step ups are tough dude they're done right bro they're real hard dude you know that's why i'm not a big fan of like super high 
Yeah, step ups too. You know what oh, I mean? No, Let's stick with a twenty inch box suit. Get that right knee driving shin angle, knee angle, and stuff, and you'll be fine, dude. Twenty inch box, to it. bro. Sixteen inch, bro. Whatever, mm -hmm. twenty. Like it's good. Like anything higher than that, and your knee is like really going over that hip crease. Like, exactly. Yeah, that's a weird spot, dude. I think for just, most man. It is, man. It is because you're already contracting that psoas at a very high rate. And then you're adding load to that. So almost like getting out of a really low pistol. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're so, right, bro. You're yeah. Right. So it's, it's, it's crazy. But um, today's topic is kind of just like uh, something that I, all, that I think like a lot of us coaches have gone through mm -hmm. um, some point in our career. Like, like maybe in the beginning, maybe some of us are still kind of having a little trouble with this. I know I do every now and then when I'm in the, in the room with... Uh, just new individuals and, and things like that. Yeah, man. Um, and it's called, like, imposter syndrome. Yeah. Have you ever heard of that, bro? I have, dude. And uh, I kind of gave you an example about one of our team members that we had that that kind of brought that up to me. You know what I mean? And, it, and, it's, and, it's, and it's, I think every coach has been through it at one point. I'm not going to say all of them, dude. But I think there's a good majority of us that probably have, whether we know it or not, dude. You know? Yeah. I think that's the thing, like, do you know yeah. you have it? You know what I mean? Be, becoming aware of it. Yeah, go ahead and describe to me, dude. So for those who are listening, like what exactly, when we mention the word imposter syndrome, like what, what is that, Max? Just give me an example. So like basically imposter syndrome is when you have like this skill set, a very high skill set that everyone else notices that's really good, mm -hmm. but you think it's not. Yeah. And you think that it's not enough. Like you think that, oh, well, I'm not good at this, but you actually really are. Yeah. So... Us coaches, we've put in a lot of time and effort into certifications, um, reading. Um, sometimes I'll get research articles and things like that. So there's a lot of information in my brain, right? But then displaying that information and trying to break it down into a language that um, the average person who maybe doesn't do exercise science shit, you yeah. know what I mean, will understand. Like, it can be a little intimidating and rough at times, bro, because there's sometimes they're just looking at you like, what the fuck are you saying? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And then you start to think like, what am I saying? Yeah. Oh, like, is it right? Did I say something wrong? Like, is this correct? Like, like you do start they to believe what I'm saying yeah. too? Yeah. Well, you start to doubt yourself. Bro. Yeah. And I think then that's when sometimes our coaching can start to kind of suffer a little bit. Yeah. Or in anything, like yeah. in anything, like when you start to doubt yourself, it's like things don't go as well. Bro. Like so, have you ever had a moment where you felt some of that, bro? Like yeah, man. imposter syndrome. Yeah, dude. I think, and I'm gonna give you a little story right now, dude. How um, so? When I had graduated with my bachelor's degree from here in exercise science, right, and uh, it was my first class in grad school, dude. It was a research proposal class. I remember his, uh, my professor's name was Doctor Holdnack. So was at UWF in Pensacola. And uh, I remember the first day of class, he, he's like, all right, everyone in the class, this is your first grad level course. Everyone has ba bachelor's degrees, raise your hand. I hope you do, because if not, you should not be in the class. <laughs> but, so everyone raises their hands, and he's like, everyone in this class right now, you all, are, you all think you're experts. You think you are. Bachelor's degree, you're fresh out the game, you're good. A master's degree is going to show you that you really don't know that much yet. Okay. After you get done, you are though, right? And and that stuck with me, dude, because I'm not gonna lie to you. When I got done with my bachelor's degree, um, I thought I knew it all, dude. Not maybe all of it, but mo most of it at that time, you know. 
and going to grad school, getting the graduate assistantship that I got, working in the environment where I was at. Um, although I did have a knowledge base too, that was pretty extent, man. You know, I mean, it was pretty extensive because I had done a lot of practical stuff too. You know, um, I was around people that were at a higher caliber than I was. Uh, higher education system, of course. I was around a lot of grad level, PhD level, the students and stuff. And everything that I did those two years, bro, I remember being in that imposter syndrome type of phase. You know what I mean? Because everything that I did or everything that I tried to do, I always felt like, man, they're going to think I'm full of shit, dude. Or everything I did, like explain or teach and go over and stuff like that was always like, was it, oh, was man, it, it right? wasn't good enough, dude. Yeah. Was it right? And they probably think or know that I'm full of shit. And it would make me think like, Am I full of shit, dude? Or is what I'm getting across to these guys, is it the truth? You know what I mean? And it wasn't until after I got done with grad school, like once you start having a lot of those personal talks with the people that you mingled and helped and stuff like that, where they express like, hey, man, what you did for us, it was great. Thank you so much. Then kind of after that, it's kind of like a relief. But I never had the chance to talk to, talk to someone when I won. Now that I know what it is yeah. and how it feels to go through that, um... I, I think that's what you need to do sometimes, man, is reach out to someone and ask, ask them, like, hey, this is how I feel, man. It could be someone that's a part of the team that you're on. It could be someone you're in a relationship. Like, someone that's going to be truthful with you, of course, you know I mean? Yeah, yeah, could, sure. could, could even be a boss dude at that point, you know what I mean? Which I think they should be able to give you that real good, constructive feedback that you need in that sense. But, yeah, man, it was, uh, like... Do I remember going through that a lot? You know, I mean, not that was probably the most frequent that I had. It was kind of that phase going from bachelor's degree, going through grad school and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, man, and like it's easy to fall into sometimes. Just like you said, there's days when you feel like that too. You know, for sure, I go through that all the time, bro. Like when I go to my corporate meetings and yeah. I'm around hundreds of doctors and like VPs and fucking CEOs, I'm like fucking sweating bro like i'm like scared to talk because i'm like I, well, what are they gonna say like, yeah like they ask a question like is my answer going to be correct like what are all these people going to think about my answer like it starts to fuck with you right and then like my shyness and my introvertedness comes back yeah when i'm at those levels of intensity um it exposes it yeah yeah man point. and it's like now though now like when i'm in those moments and i'm like it, it creeps up. I'm like, oh, here it is. Yeah. Here's the imposter syndrome. Chill the fuck out. So take some breaths, and I just kind of zone back in it. And you can get rid of it, you know what I'm saying? Um, sometimes I have it here, like in, at the gym, like sometimes at 5 a.m. Yeah. I'm waking up, and I go through my mobility flows with the class, and I'm thinking, like, I've texted you after yeah. class sometimes, and I'm like, bro, was that all right? Was that okay, bro? Like, I don't think I've, I don't hit certain areas and you're like, no, dude, it was good. Like, what the fuck? Everybody moved well. What the fuck are you talking about? And I'm like, all right. You know, yeah. like, so I guess it kind of comes because you're trying so hard to be like really good at what you do and you mm -hmm. want to impress people. But like, I think you want to do it so much that it's like a little analysis paralysis type of shit. Yes. And then you're like, fuck, you think too much. And then... You like you, you you lose like the natural flow, like your body language changes, look a little more rigid. Intense, yeah, yeah you, you might kind <clears> of <throat> pause and forget some things, or or um, I don't know, just you're off. Yeah, 
And sometimes I wonder, like, man, can, I wonder if people can tell if I'm off. Yeah, dude. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. <laughs> the way, and it's, uh, like, I think, and I think it's going to ha- happen to those, those of us, like, everyone, and I'm going to, I'm going to talk on behalf of here, like where we're at, you know what I mean? And how it, how, how it kind of interplays with it. And I think all the coaches here have a very specific skill set that we have. We, we have a set of tools. We have a knowledge base. And I think we love it so much that for those of us that do get imposter syndrome at times, you know what I mean? It happens to me. It happens to you. We've been in the game for a while. Uh, and I've talked to some of the team as well too and they've kind of expressed maybe not with the exact words like hey I think I have imposter syndrome but some of the just <clears throat> just the cues that they give me on how they feel you know what I mean and just like those texts that you sent me before like that is a slight form of that too mm-hmm. which I thought the fucking class was great but it was you you know what I mean mm-hmm. but I think it's because we care so much dude and we're so passionate about what we're in dude that if we don't get the same excitement I mean you got a class of 40 people dude like I love it when we're coaching, bro, and people are, like, making eye contact with us. They're nodding as we speak, like, oh, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, fucking thumbs up on the back and stuff like that. But if we don't, and we have to, we, we always have to reflect back, dude, it is 5 a.m. People are half awake of that, you know what I mean? You don't know what type um, of day they had the night and it, before. And it's easy to fall into that, dude. Yeah. It is, you know what I mean? But they are showing up at 5 a.m. for a single reason, dude. It's to get us to help them out to improve you know what I mean so I think what's helped me out Max is um, and for those coaches that are listening to this you know what I mean is now when it happens to me there's days when I go home dude and, and it's after a long day in the gym there's great days and there's days that are not so great you know what I mean because of whatever it is and at the moments where I feel like I don't know shit man I'm fucking starting to slip on my stuff dude I, uh, I don't know man I just feel like People don't believe in what I'm trying to get across. You know what I mean? I just reflect back a lot, bro. And reflection for me is like, holy fuck, like we've come this far. You know what I mean? Like I've done this so far or I help him or her out or go back to my schooling days. Like it's been a long time since we graduated, dude. You know what I mean? And we're still keeping up with these things, the certs, the things that we do and stuff like that, the people, the little discussions that we have throughout the day. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's what kind of takes me out of it, dude. You know what I mean? Is things like that, you know? I think you got to, like, you got to take yourself out of it because you can probably fall victim to imposter syndrome and just stay in it. Never get out. Yeah. You just got to get out. Yeah. You know, and this goes to all coaches. This goes to anything you do, though. Like, if you're not a coach, you just so happen to listen to this podcast. That's awesome. But, yeah. like, do the best you can all the time. You know what I mean? And Absolutely. as a coach, like, let's be real. Okay. As a coach, let's say you're uh, you got CSCS or you got your NASM performance enhancement specialist, or you got your uh, certified personal trainer, uh, your CrossFit L one, USAW L one, sport performance, whatever it is that you have, right? Like you went through that class, you studied the manual, you went through the practicals, you did the seminar. Mm-hmm. The people in the class didn't do the seminar. Absolutely. So they don't know what you know. They come to you to learn. Yeah. So if you fuck up, you're probably the only one that knows that you fucked yeah. up. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? 
they're probably over here like, oh, it's a fucking badass stretch. Yeah. And you're like, damn, I didn't hold it for 15 seconds. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I fucked up. And it's like, no, you didn't, bro. They loved it, bro. And then they're over here like, oh, I'm doing this cool push-up. And you're like, oh, I didn't, I didn't cue them to tighten up their core. Like, they're not going to know, bro. Yeah, man, they're not. But dude. then you, as a coach, have to spot that shit and say, oh, I'm going to get it in next time. Yep. That's how you improve your imposter syndrome. You look at your weaknesses in your whole coaching shit and then you, you fix them. Yeah. So an example, a weakness in maybe your time frame. Like let's say you're doing too much mobility and you're, you're, you're going into the Metcon time and you're finishing five, 10 minutes after class, then we know that we have a weakness in, in following the timeline. Absolutely. So what's, what do you do? Well, write a timeline, bro. Get a piece of paper, zero, line all the way down to 60. And just start marking your timeline. Boom. Zero to uh, five minutes mobility. From five to eight minutes, I'm going to talk about this. From eight to fucking 15 minutes, we're going to do the, the lifting. Like, yeah. break it down. And when you show up prepared, you're going to be way hella more confident. Big time, dude. Big like, time. Me and you, I think we're at the point where we've coached so many classes that you we might be able to like if, if the opportunity was like oh shit like leah has to go you need yeah. to jump in bro like you can just walk into it and be like Easy, look at the wad and be like okay this is what we're gonna do it's like second nature dude. Yeah, yeah yeah but for the new coach that might be like a holy shit what like a a panic moment yeah but then all you got to do is just go back to what you know always man yeah you know what i'm saying and just you might not have time to write a timeline but you do have a library in your brain of mobility exercises and drills that you should be able to put together just by looking at that. Big time. Dude. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but it's it, it, it's pretty cool, dude. You know, I mean, like there's like there there's a lot of freedom that goes into coaching a class here, dude. You know, I mean, mobility wise, warm up wise, little changes here and there and stuff like that. And it's it's knowing that it's okay to have that freedom in the class I think creates a lot of relief too I mean there's been times where I was like hey yeah, take it bro if you want to change one thing or two because I know you all are going to make the right choice as far as what to plug in place that's going to flow with it and stuff you know what I mean um, and I like how you brought this up because Leah brings this up a lot dude and it's a lot of the discussions that we have with a lot of the newer coaches that we have uh, before they step on the floor to lead their first class dude you know what I mean um like and I love seeing the, the transition from class one to class five to class ten to fifteen. Yeah, man, it's cool. Four years down the road, you know what I mean. Uh, but she always lets the new coaches know, like, hey, like the members are here to listen to us, to seek us out for the information that we have. If you make a mistake or two, if you say the wrong word, they probably don't even know. You know what I mean? Like it's okay. We're gonna make mistakes and stuff like that. Just know the mistakes that you make. And let's improve them as we go, you know what I mean? Uh, and it's cool because Leah bring, brings that up a lot, dude, you know what I mean? And I think that's a very important thing to note is that not every class is going to go as planned 100%, you know what I mean? Not everything's going to uh, fall into place, but if it, if it doesn't, it's okay, you know what I mean? And I trust everyone on this team to do the right thing, of course, you know what I mean? Uh, you just have to know the mistakes that you make and improve on them over yeah. time as you go you know that's it man and I think the lesson plans are great like if you're a new coach like straight up like you got your cert and now your box owner or your gym owner is like hey you coaching on Monday yeah. like 
that's enough time to prepare for a lesson plan, like, oh, yeah. the weekend for your first class. So, like, write it out. Like, literally write it down, study it, take it with you. Sometimes in my flows, I'll have the piece of paper with me. Like, I don't yeah. care. Like, this is my flow. Like, I'd rather have a nice flow of stretching and things that I do than to kind of get stuck midway and be like, oh, fuck, what do I do? You know what I mean? Yeah, and, like, absolutely disturb do. it, you know? So, as a new coach, like, write lesson plans all the time. Like, that's yeah, what I did for a while. And I just wrote it down, wrote it down. And I still do when I'm planning big events. Um, if I'm doing a stretch class on Saturday or whatever, like, I still write my lesson plan. Yeah, I do. You know what I mean? And it just helps. It helps you look more prepared. Absolutely, bro. You're, you're more confident in the class because you know what what's next, right? And um, and it feels good. Yeah, man. It feels course, successful. Dude. You know what I mean? So, um, I think this is a good segue into, like, uh, a couple of other topics that we had written down, man, and... One of them was, uh, like, just presence and attitude. Yeah. Right? And I love this topic because... Um, Me too, bro. <laughs> there's a lot to that goes into it. A lot, dude. You know what I mean? And um, if you're a coach, you're a public speaker, mm -hmm. whether you like it or not. Yeah. Um, you know you don't see yourself as one you are. So your presence is very strong already because they're like, oh, I'm going to Rod's class. Oh, like... Coach Max is coach. Oh, we got Leah. Oh, we got we got Rich. You know, like they know that you're about to hit on the floor. Absolutely. Man. Okay. When it's all eyes on you, the first thing that people are gonna notice right off the bat is gonna be your attitude. Absolutely. <laughs> like, time, dude. you don't even have to fucking say anything, and people can kind of sense your your vibe, your attitude. Yeah, bro. By the, the, the nonverbal signals that you send with your face, bro. Like, are you smiling? Mm -hmm. uh, what are you doing? You know what I mean? So, I know that in our evaluation, we also get evaluated on presence and attitude, right? Absolutely, dude. So, tell us a little bit about that, man. So, I, I am, and anyone that has sat in some of our, any meetings that we've had as a team, dude, anyone that's talked to me about ever becoming a coach, co co coaching, stuff like that, uh, dude, I, I am huge on presence and attitude, man, in the sense of... And I'll take you back to as ba basic as body language, dude. And uh, last meeting we had, I just spoke to y'all and I said, hey, like, if you're not doing class, if you're chilling out on the benches, try to sit upright, try not to be on the phone too much because members walk into the gym and they know, although you're not coaching that day, I understand, but they, they, they coincide together, dude, here, okay? Mm -hmm. You you might not be working out. You might just be getting done with the wad and stuff like that. But if we're just looking at the phone, neck down, backs rounded and stuff like that, that's kind of not the presence that I think a coach should have. I think we need to be on our A game at all times when it comes to that. You know what I mean? Uh, if you're sitting down in a chair, um, we talk about maintaining body postures that are going to relate to things in life and stuff like that. So as a coach, it's... It's our personal responsibility to exemplify those things. I think so, yeah. If we're here, if we're lit, lifting in a class, this, this could even be us doing a class, dude. Like, I'm going to try my best to move as best and as beautifully as I can, dude. dude. Because I know people are looking at us, too. Bro. You know what yes. I mean? And presence and attitude is the start of it, dude. You walk in the front door. What is the first thing you have? What is the first thing you feel? What do you see? If start the class and it's kind of just like, all right, guys, just come down to the ground. We're going to stretch out. 
awkward silence, no discussion with the class before, no uh, need to want to try to get to know Victor in the back, mm-hmm. Araceli in the front, whoever it may be, you know what I mean? Uh, we're just kind of going through the motions at that point, dude, you know what I mean? And yeah. people pick, pick up on that stuff, you know what I mean? Yeah, they do. And if for me, dude, um, I mean, these are things that we learned in our NSCA certification, dude, when it talks about the, how you stand in front of a class, dude, too, yeah. in a PT session. Shouldn't cross your arms. Shouldn't put your hands behind your back. You should have a very comfortable, high energy type of feel, good body posture and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Engaged. Um, and the attitude, dude. I mean, just think about it like this, dude. This is where coaches, we need to be outstanding at getting to the point, dude, where we need to understand. An hour before the class, when I wake up at 4 a.m. for the 5 a.m., dude, yeah, it's tough sometimes. It is. But I also know that I got 40, 50 people that are coming to this class to have a badass day, dude. Yeah. So my attitude needs to be fucking peak, dude. It needs to be good, bro. No matter what's going on in the outside, you no know what I mean? What, bro. And that, dude, like, there's a snowball effect, bro, where presence and attitude is directly related to your performance as a coach on the floor. And then what you put into people as they leave this place. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? I think once we grasp that dude and fucking take it by the horns, that's the next step for us, man. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, I Maintaining do. that, dude, you know? There's a lot of psychological pieces to that, man. Yeah. And a lot of the times we'll get stuck in just the training aspect of it and like, all right, let's train. Three sets of ten. Awkward silence. Go. All right, next movement. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. saying? It's like, oh, man. Poor, poor individual that's with that coach, man. Yeah. Like, they're not getting any type of um, experience. No, you know what I mean? And, dude, like, out there, y'all, coaching, you need to know your members. You need to know your crowd. Like, that's to. one of, the, I think, the easiest ways of feeling the most comfortable in the class and, like, getting rid of the imposter syndrome stuff is, like, getting to know people because then you feel more comfortable when you know them. Yeah. Like... I have this thing that I came up with like a while back, like, yes, there's 40 people in the class here at HK, but when I'm coaching and I'm having a conversation, I talk to the whole class as one. Like, I just picture it as like one, one big person. One big person, (laughs) So like when I'm talking and I'm like, all right, guys, we're going to get down. Let's do some wrist mobility. We're going to get in quadruped, whatever. Start doing, you know, circles here. And then I let a couple of seconds pass by, and then I'm like, all right, what's up, team? How y'all doing? And there's going to be times, bro, where no one says shit, and it's okay. Like, you don't need an answer. Like, I don't even, like, sometimes you'll get in the back, oh, we're doing good. We're good. Everything's cool. And I'm like, all right, are you guys ready for the weekend? How your body's feeling? Sore. Yeah. My back. My neck. You know, you hear some things like that, and it's okay. Like, just, like, honestly, just... Who cares? Like, yeah. you should be almost like a, like a character. Yeah, man. Um, when you walk into the door, whatever gym you coach at or whatever, whether it's in a box, in a strength conditioning uh, gym, or like even at a, at a school, you're yeah. a coach. I'm sure we've all heard that shit where it's like, okay, like, leave it at the door. Yeah. And as you come on in, like, you don't show anything that's 
bothering you outside. Yeah, man. You come in, just totally different. So presence and attitude. Leave it at the door. Class it up, man. Kick ass class. Once you leave, then pick up where you left off. You know, Absolutely. but you always have to be that person that's going to give those people the energy. And you know what, bro? Sometimes it's the other way around, bro. Yeah. I felt that where like the class gives me the energy and then I peps me up and I'm like, oh shit. Oh, yeah. Fucking yeah. Phoenix over here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I just feel like, wow, like fucking great. And then the rest of the day just flows real badass. Bro. Yeah, man. You know what I'm saying? So, um, coaches out there that are beginning, presence and attitude, huge, huge. Huge, bro. And the best way is to start reading books on on that, on mine. Yeah, man. Start out with the Carol Dweck mind, Mindset. I think you've mentioned that one before. That one's great. That one's That's good, a, right? Start right there. That'll bring so much awareness to you, man. So, segue into this other topic, man, of like, Okay, new coach, right, comes in, but this coach has been working out next to a member that's probably been going to the gym longer than they have. Absolutely. Right, and now I'm a coach, and now I got to coach this guy that's been working out longer than me. Sometimes there can be that shyness. Yeah. Like, oh, fuck, well, I don't want to tell, I'm going to make up a fucking name. I don't want to tell Leste Rudy that because, you know what I'm saying, he's been working out for 10 he's years. Been here for, yeah. yeah, he knows what he's doing. Chances are, yeah, he might know what he's doing, but you can probably help him move a little better. Absolutely. You know, whether whether it's a cue of like, hey, stay back on your heels, or hey, bring your elbows up, or hey, stand tall. Hey, move faster. I know yeah. you can, right? That's fine. Like, just because you're a new coach, coaching a veteran... Like, does it mean that, that you should shy away? Absolutely not. Dude. And I have, I'm guilty of that too sometimes, bro. Like, I'll see you working on the back of an app, and he knows what he's doing, right? <laughs> but there's always something always. that you can work on. Like, always, dude. Like, you've come up to me and, and you've told me, hey, extend your hip, or hey, elbows up. Leah came to me over the other day and she's like, hey, your stance is a little wide, narrow it up. So I'm like, oh shit, okay. Oh shit, right? So, like, like you said, like, you like to get coached sometimes. I love being coached. You know? Yep. But... There's a level of movement that is so superior that it takes that level of coaching knowledge to catch. Mm-hmm. It takes that eye, man. It takes that eye. Special because, eye, dude. dude, like, we move pretty okay. We Our members move pretty fucking awesome, too. Absolutely, man. And there's some times where, like, I'm literally fucking standing, bro, and I'm just looking around and I'm like, Everybody is moving well. Like, like you're trying to find something. Like I'm something trying though. to find yeah. something and I'm like, well, I mean, everyone's doing good. Like yeah. no one, everyone's having fun right now. Everyone's safe. Yes. Okay. Over there in the back, we can see a little more extension. Yes. We can see, okay, coming on to the heels a little bit, but I just go and address it. Hey, stay back on your heels. And I walk away. I look back. Person's doing it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I think that that is really cool. Like we want to coach people to a level where they move so well that you just kind of like tune them up. Tune them up. That's you know what I mean? And then get them so well at that movement, then you start to take them into heavier loads and have them start to fatigue and fail again, and then you fix them again. Yep. So it's like, I don't know, man. It's pretty cool. Like, 
What do you think about coaching vets? I, I, I like the tune-up part that you said right now, dude. <laughs> and I think that's I think that's something we could actually go on with, dude. Like, you're right, dude. Like, like there's, uh, and I'm just going to use the example, dude. We coached at 5 a.m. together, you know. Uh, we got a huge a veteran base in there. And there's times where we're, we're, we're just there in the class, and I'm like, because we communicate during class, and I'm kind of like, Shit, everyone's doing well, dude. Everyone's moving well. Like, good. A little bit of things here and there, but nothing enough to, no, 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 stop. Stop the class. You guys stop. No, you know what I mean? But th- no, this, no, this no. Tough, tough, tough part, so we're, so we're, so we're talking about co- coaching a vet, person that you see in class five day, days a week, six, seven years, eight years at this point. You know what I mean? There's always a coaching point in every class with every individual at some point, dude. Mm-hmm. And I think we're at, we're obviously at the level now where we have the eye where we could slow moving down even if it's going fast. And we could look at certain markers and points of the body. We could look at, are they bra- bracing right? Yeah. Are they doing this? Uh, are they grabbing the bar right? Are there, is, is the foot pressure the way it needs to be? I mean, I mean yeah. we're fucking looking at toes already, dude. Yeah, dude. Feels <laughs> and stuff like that, you know what I mean? Like, those are next level things. We could tell by the position of joints and where they're at throughout the lift, dude, you know? So, and that's where we need to take our bets now is that point, you know what I mean? So, yes, they look well, but there's always a coaching point to it, you know what I mean? It could be one minute little thing. You don't have to spend five minutes going over that thing but just give them that little cue and maybe a little visualization of what, what you want to decide yeah. or whatever it may be, you know? But I think for younger coaches, dude, it could be hard, bro, because you have, I mean, some, some of our coaches are 21, 22, 23 years old, dude. We got 15, 60-year-old professionals in this gym, you know what yeah. I mean? So how do you, how do you relate yourself with that age gap, you know what I mean? And get them to invest in you and to trust with what you're trying to say, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think they do a kick-ass job with it too, yeah. you know what I mean? And you can't, like, at the end of the day, dude, we're here to keep people safe mm-hmm. and make them have fun, mm-hmm. make it the best hour of their day if we can do, but safety's huge, bro, you know what I mean? So as newer co- coaches and even veteran ones, you know what I mean? Yes, this guy always pulls with his back rounded. I've cued him every day. Well, try something else. We try something else. Like, that's why you're a coach. We're problem solvers at heart, too, dude. You know what I mean? Like, we need to resolve these things at times. You know what I mean? And that's where coaching veterans sometimes, like, and I'm, I mean, I'm sure you've done this too, Max, with yourself. Like, there's points where I've been like, you know what? I haven't given them the time mm-hmm. in about a week, yeah. week, week or two. But, but, but because I assume mm-hmm. they've been here for eight years. They, yeah. they know a front front squat. No, no, no. Let, let me go back real quick. And then, sure enough, there's always one little thing, dude. You know there it is, man. So. And it's always something that it's just like, it could be the simplest thing. Hey, push those knees out. Mm-hmm. Hey, breathe. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Hey, Easy. good job. Even a good job, bro, yeah. will reinforce. Hey, I, he's watching. He's looking at my mechanics, all right, I am doing good. Because there's yeah. always going to be the thought of, are my mechanics good? Yeah. And it's like, well, they're as good as, as you practice them to be, yeah. right? There's, they're going to be as good as your mobility. They're going to be as good as, you know, your flexibility. So there's also things that, you know, you'll kind of work on yourself. But a coach will be there to kind of tell you to do those things, yeah. right? And if a coach is telling you to do those things, it's probably because... You, Probably need to do those things, right? Yeah, and I'm not just gonna come up to you and say some shit and like, that's it. No, like, hey, if a coach comes up and says, "Hey, man, look, the reason why you're having trouble 
with this deadlift is because your hamstrings are tight, you can't even touch your toes, and you want to lift 300 pounds. Yeah. Yeah, your back's going to hurt. Touch your fucking toes, and then pick up the bar. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah. a, it's a simple fix, but it's like, it's up to the athlete at, at, at some point. Absolutely. Right? But it's up to the coach to, to plant that seed. Yep. Right? Because the athlete's not going to know. They're always going to think, well, 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 my background. I've never been able to touch. Yeah, I've never been able to touch. Well, it's like, well, have you practiced? Have you tried? Mm -hmm. No. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's do it. You know what I mean? And I've seen people break those barriers. I work with them all the time. It's super cool. Like like I said it before, like none of us humans are exempt from making games. No. Like we're not. We're not. So it's great. And then like going into like that, it's like, Sometimes another segue is like sometimes for these people you're gonna have to modify the workout. Like a great example is like, hey, back is rounded when you pull from the floor. Okay, well if this person doesn't want to do anything else, they want to deadlift. All right, go get a stack of plates, get four forty uh, four forty fives, put two on one side, put two on the other side, and then put the bar on top of that. It's oh, now he can keep his back straight. Hell yeah, that's dead from here. Let's do it from there. And that's fine if you have to change the workout for that person that day. If you're a coach, like, remember, you're in charge of the class. Like, I know that the wad says this, 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 and that, but if you know that another random name has... <laughs> no, I'm not calling anyone out. Susanna. I'm just saying. Susanna. <laughs> Susanna in the back. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, she can't do the workout. You're going to have to modify some reps. Like, Modify that for Susanna. Yeah. So that way Susanna can be successful in the workout and come back tomorrow. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I have I've seen this new me- new member. I've seen this just in my years of, of working out. New member comes in, signs up, right? Does the exact prescribed workout on the board? Yeah. Never comes back. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's happening. <laughs> yeah. Dude. It does. 30, 40, 20, 50, dope, like all this crazy ass wad. And then this person's never worked out. It's been five, six years since they worked out. And then the coach puts them through that shit. At that point, it's the coach's fault. Absolutely, man. Like, you are not seeing the value in the new member coming in. Mm-hmm. Like, that new member, you don't know how many decisions they had to conquer to set foot in the gym in the first place. So the fact that they're there already means that they want to be there. Yep. And then if you take them through some shit like that, you're going to be like, fuck this. I have to do this every day? Horrible. Yep. No, dude. I'll tell you a secret out there, team. I've had a lot of onboards when I worked at CFB. Yep. And the best thing that, that we would do would be to structure a workout that was going to take them to the stimulus, but it wasn't going to take them to a max effort. Yeah. So they would just come back, bro. And by the time you knew it, they were in the class, they moved well, and then they got to experience then that. Then they got to that point, yep. I mean, it's crazy, right? Yeah, dude. What do you think of that? That's where I feel like the, uh, so when we talk about, like, modifying the class, dude, and, and we, 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 we've already brought up like presence and attitude and stuff like that. I think this is where it all kind of ties into one dude is, is going back to, okay, so I don't, I don't want people to listen to the podcast to think like modifying the class, that means we got to make it easier. No, dude, it's not that. Dude. You have to meet the athletes where they're at, dude. You know what I mean? 
And us as coaches, this is where the discussions come into play. This is where knowing your class comes into play. Knowing your I can look at the class, you view your class, you scan it. I know who's in the class. I'll make a mental note. Maybe last week, Jose said, hey man, my knee was a little weird, dude, during the runs and stuff like that. I keep those mental notes, man. That way, next week, when we're doing a lot of knee bending shit or knee dominant stuff, I'm going to go back to him and say, hey, like, how does it feel, first of all, dude? And then from there, well, let's go and try this out because I really don't like this exercise for you, Dave, based off of where, where you're at. You know what I mean? And that's me and the athlete where they're at, dude. Yes, we have big classes here, dude, and it's hard, man, at times, but it also takes a little bit more effort as far as getting to know the class, getting to meet them where they're at, and knowing where that's at. If I see three people that are new in a class, man, they're trying out the class for the first day, and we don't have an onboarding process here or anything like that, we just never have, you know? But I think one of the best things that we could do is develop that relationship right off the bat, talk to them before class, learn a little bit about them at that point, and stuff like that, and then make the modifications that you feel you need to make right off the bat. Yes. Whether it's decreasing volume intensity of the workout itself with what's prescribed on there, letting them know, hey, it's okay not to use the weight that's on the board. Everyone that you see in this class kind of started off the exact same way. And look at where they're at now. You know what I mean? Simple discussion, um, man. Yeah, dude. And, and, and it's also, but we, we also got to, there, there's a little bit of, like, we, we have to instill that confidence into them, too. Letting them know, like, hey, you might not be where 39 of the other people in this class are at, but you'll get there just consistently. You know what I mean? And just following our instruction and stuff like that. So yeah. this is where there's a lot of personal responsibility that comes with being a coach, man. You know what I mean? And it's more because of that. You know, I mean, it's it's because these people are coming to us with trust and hopes that we're going to help them, whether it's with whatever goals they have. It could be getting rid of uh, taking some medication or dealing with diabetes at this point or dealing with depression or whatever it may be. You know what I mean? Yeah. So those like those are some pretty serious things that we do about in front of the class and and how it relates to having to modify the class to ensure that they're going to get the stimulus in the workout that they need that day, you know? So you're right, dude. And it's like, I don't know, man. I don't know if everyone's like this, but, you know, if I'm personal training someone, I'm thinking about how they're going to feel tomorrow and the next day. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So I'm going to prescribe, I'm going to do something that I'm thinking, like, how is this person going to feel the next day? Like, so sometimes it's not all about volume, like Coach was saying. Um, sometimes it's just reducing the reps and just upping the intensity sometimes, yeah. right? Or sometimes it's just flipping that. Hey, you want, this person hasn't worked out in a while. Like, let's go for a shorter duration. Mm -hmm. I mean, don't put them through a 30 minute watt. You know, just little things. And I think <laughs> as crazy as it sounds, it's going to come with a lot of trial and error, but you need to kind of use yourself as the guinea pig, man. Yeah. And just like experience with your body, the intensity, the volume, the... Like, if you're not deadlifting, like, go deadlift. Like, if, if you're a coach that's only reading the books right now, like, get up in the trenches. Because um, yeah, when I was in college, like, there were a lot of people just reading the books, but they weren't, like, exercising. And that didn't make sense to me because it's exercise science. Like, what the fuck? You're supposed to yeah. work out, move your body, right? Yes, bro. And I, this is just, like, just straight up, if you're in the coaching world, like, you just need to get in the trenches. And I think that's with anything, because you're never really going to be able to relate to the intensity of the workout if you never do them. Yeah, yeah. Like, if there's a dude that doesn't know how to snatch, and is trying to teach me how to snatch, and then there's another vato that snatches all the time, but sucks at teaching it, mm -hmm. 
I don't know where I'm going to go. I'm probably going to go with the guy that snatches because yeah. he's felt it. And he knows how to bail out the bar. He knows that if his elbow starts to bend, to toss it. Yeah. Like, he's has experienced in it. I can always go back to the book and read how to coach a snatch. That's I can watch, I can watch videos and I can learn how to teach the snatch. Right? Yeah, yeah. But watching videos isn't going to help me physically move my body. Like, I need to go out there, physically move it. Yeah. So, like... I'm real big on practice what you preach Absolutely. in anything that you do, team. I know you can do it. Like if you love whatever it is that you love, like practice, preach it, show people that you're about it. Um, like imagine if I was all get stretchy but never stretched, bro. Would you? <laughs> but, you know? Yeah, like you wouldn't be Mr. Stretchy, bro. <laughs> you wouldn't be, dude. Just be like, oh, this guy just talks a bunch of shit. You know and what I mean? This is one thing, man, too, bro, is, is that and we talk about setting the standard, dude, with what we do, what we preach and stuff like that, and when we're there demonstrating, having to teach, people look at the way that we move, people look at the way that we kind of flow through things and complete the exercises and stuff like that, you know, and I love movement, dude, movement's my favorite thing, bro, like, movement's medicine, bro, movement, maintaining movement too, bro, is huge, you know what I mean, so, um, I mean, we spoke about this a little bit last week and the week before, I think I kind of brought these things up where... I'm sure you're the same way, and I'm sure a lot of coaches that listen to this are the same. Like, we may not be the best, but I want to be the best. And, like, that's that's my, like, like, there's shit that I try in the gym sometimes, dude, where, like, I'm like, fuck, man, like, it's not good, but it's going to get good. You get what I'm saying? And, like, there's always a self, like, improvement that I want to make as far as like exercises that I do movements that I complete the way I coach it the way I look when I coach it and stuff mm-hmm. you know what I mean because I want at the end of the day bro it makes your job a lot easier as a coach as well too you get what I'm saying yeah, it does. people are going to invest in you a lot easier dude that trust is going to be developed so much faster dude you know what I mean yeah. and, it, and it's funny dude because a lot of this like a lot of this talk that we just had that starts with that presence and attitude piece right there you know what I mean and also maintaining yourself, self-studying within yourself, moving yourself. Like if we're asking people to snatch, then you better snatch, dude. Yeah, you better dude. snatch. You better know how it feels to not snatch well and to snatch well. Both. Yeah. Hip, you know what I mean? The full hip extension. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like feeling these things, like it's so cool. It just gives you more of that confidence in your skills and abilities to demonstrate to your class so um i think that was that was a great talk it was man it (laughs) was man a lot of tools out there man a lot man the more tools you have in your tool toolbox dude the more you can pull from dude you know yeah yeah so a couple of takeaways basically is kick ass in your coaching presence and attitude um write down a little lesson plan if you're feeling a little iffy about your classes, write it down, look at it, study it before you get up there. Um, find your weaknesses in your coaching and work on them, right? And then most of all, just just have the confidence in yourself. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you will go a long way. And that goes not just for the coaches out there, but for anyone else out there that, you know, is, is in their grind and feeling a little bit of that imposter syndrome and just just know you know. Absolutely, man. Be confident. Yep. Good stuff, bro. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you guys. Thanks for listening again. We'll be back at it next week. Much love, y'all. See Peace. ya.